Welcome to another edition, another edition in the long series and almanac of the Day in Sports podcast. Yeah. Ben Sherman coming at you here with Adam Hawking riding directly beside me on a horse made of beer cans and broken bottles. Broken dreams. And dreams. No, unfulfilled dreams. They're not broken yet. Waiting to be fulfilled. Yeah, maybe this weekend. Yeah, probably. As we pilot a bus from somewhere in St. Paul to Marshfield, Wisconsin, with stops at the Leinenkugel Brewery Woo! along the way, and then a couple of other watering holes. I assume there's no shortage. You won't remember any of that. So, for a friend's bachelor party, I'm making a pilgrimage back to my holy land, Marshfield, Wisconsin, and then back all in one day on a school bus. It's like Back to the Future. With 25 men. You're like Michael J. Fox. There's no way this cannot work. Who's going to be Doc Brown? I would assume Otto. Otto's Doc Brown? Who's the guy in charge? Right? Yeah. Gunning up to 88. Yeah. He's going back to the future. This is his last chance. Yeah. And it's all over, believe me, from a married guy. Take 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 it from a guy who knows. It's all uphill. Yeah. From here. Slow climb. Okay. Um, I want to talk, because I uh, watched pretty much in its entirety, even though it was kind of, these Thursday night games are ugly. Yeah. Um, Inconvenient, too. I always put them on NFL Network. Yeah, I don't have and the not, channel. not everybody can see it. A lot of people can't see it. Um, but Bills Browns, like, surprisingly relevant game because both teams are two and two in the AFC North. It's really bad. Yeah. Now, now the Browns sit atop the North. I think that might be, you know, in contention for the worst division in football. Yeah. Oh, it's certainly shockingly are. so because yeah. it, it was the best probably five years ago. One of yeah, the better, maybe three years ago. Yeah. And I, I wasn't ready because we talked about that a couple podcasts ago. And I was still waiting on the Ravens and Steelers and Bengals, and now it looks like there's a lot of mediocrity in that division. I don't think the Steelers are going to be able to turn it around. I think that at this point you might as well tank it and get the draft pick. Yeah, I mean, they've got their, what, Ryan Clark, their safety, is on ESPN first take during the bye week just hanging out. Yeah. He doesn't look too concerned no, about no. it. No. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's been retired for a while. Um, but interesting phenomenon with Cleveland that I was thinking about. Okay, they're 0-2. They trade Trent Richardson. So the fans go from the sky's falling, everything's mortgaged for the future. Yep. Then Brian Hoyer comes in. He's not God. He won two games, played pretty well, and then it was all of a sudden like, yes, Brian Hoyer, we're going to the playoffs. We traded Richardson. We're fine without him. We got this extra pick. Then Hoyer gets hurt, and it's like, oh, oh. Cleveland fans, I know they don't have much to cling to, but it's kind of like they're acting like Joe Montana just got hurt. Mm -hmm. Brian Hoyer, over three games, 59% completions. Right. 615 yards, five mm -hmm. touchdowns, three picks, 82 quarterback rating. And to be fair, those three picks all came in one game. Yeah, okay. I mean, but still, not super. I mean, he had a little something, more mobility than Whedon. Yeah. But I don't think we just saw Tom Brady go down or anything like that. No, well, Cleveland, I mean, who did they have waiting in the wings, really? Just Whedon. Just Whedon Whedon, again. who played okay last night, and then... I think the uh, my larger point is the real story with the Browns is is kind of they've got some skill position yeah. talent. Josh Josh, is, Josh Gordon yeah. is, is really talented. Mm -hmm. Really reminds me of Prissy Harvin, but he stays on the field. And then Jordan Cameron, their tight end, is looks like a uh, top five tight end in the league athletically. Second coming of Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, and Willis McGahee's butt looks fantastic yeah. in, those, in those pants. As good as it ever has. Thunderbutt. 26 carries, 71 yards. Not churning it up, no. but churning it out. At least you can give him the ball, uh, and he'll kind of not fumble and it's pass a... block. So, I don't know. They have some workable pieces on offense, but Brown's defense is really good. I yeah, think. yeah. I, I mean, I think that's what they've been trying to build over the last five years, seven, eight years in that division, because that's what you need yeah. in the AFC North. 
Yeah, well, I, I, I was looking at both defenses, Cleveland and Buffalo, and I don't... I think it's about getting good defensive personnel in the league, even though it's all offense. Mm-hmm. The thing to me is, can you come up with three or four key stops when you need to rush the passer? Because even Browns' bills on Thursday night yeah. was 37-24. to 24. Yeah, It was a shootout. Everyone is scoring. Besides mm-hmm. Jacksonville, everyone scores. So, to me, offense is almost less valuable because everyone can score. Mm-hmm. You need to get the defenders that can rush the passer and you know come up with a, with a turnover. And I was looking at the, the Browns' defense... First or second or third round picks, all of these guys, TJ Ward, Joe Hayden, Phil Taylor, their big nose tackle, Kiki Mingo, Barkevius, Barkevius. Uh, Jabal Sheard, Paul Kruger comes over from the Ravens, Dequel Jackson, and then an undrafted guy who played really well last night, Craig Robertson, plays linebacker for them out of North Texas. Woo! 32 tackles so far this year, a sack, a forced fumble. Runs a four six forty, so they're kind of stacked with talent on that Browns defense. I like that. Yeah, I wonder how many of those guys came out of the the SEC. Uh, let's see. TJ Ward was an Oregon State guy. Joe Hayden was Florida. Phil Taylor, I think, was a Baylor guy. Mingo, LSU. Mm-hmm. Sheard was Pittsburgh. Uh, North Texas is sort of like default yeah. SEC. Might as well be. He came from the South. And then I was looking uh, from Kiki Mingo to Kiko Alonzo. Oof. Uh, a freshman, rookie linebacker for the Bills. He's really impressive. 44 tackles, uh, a sack, four picks so far this year. Uh, and you look at that defense, too. They've got Stephon Gilmore, Jarius Bird, Mario Williams, uh, Leotis McKelvin. A lot of high picks. On, on So I think both teams have some... Really, the hope is on the future, and I think teams are looking too much at the offense. And they have... Is, is on, uh, the hope is on the defensive side of the ball, and, and teams are looking too much at the offense. Yeah, I, I mean... I really do think if if Whedon ends up playing, you know, a substantial amount of time at quarterback while Hoyer's out, they're probably going to start heading back down the road that they were on before Hoyer came in. But. So you think Hoyer is a, like a substantial upgrade over Whedon? Yeah, I, I just think he he makes some of the some of the throws that I don't see Whedon making, like especially when it comes to like Jordan Cameron and in, yeah. in in the red zone, those back shoulder throws and giving guys a chance. Yeah, yeah. I, he kind of puts. More touch on the ball in some of those passes, I think, than Whedon's able to do. Yeah, I'm not. I, after kind of buying into the whole Brandon Whedon thing, you know, he's more mature and, yeah. and he's going to be able to make this transition Shot more easily. Yeah, no, not at all. And it's kind of funny because you look at it, and and I agree with you. Hoyer is is a better player right now because of some of the things you mentioned: his mobility, his willingness to to throw the ball up. And they said last night he gets rid of the ball a full second before Whedon. Mm-hmm. I don't care how good. I don't care if it's. If you have John Elway's skill set, if you're getting rid of the ball a full second later than another quarterback, you're not going to be as yeah. successful. Yeah. So I think that was a big thing with Hoyer is is give people a chance to make plays. Um, and he's tops in the league in that department or close to in um, as far as how fast he gets rid of the ball. I think he holds yeah. on to the ball, you know, for less time than almost anybody else. And you saw that with some red zone efficiency finally from Cleveland mm-hmm. where Cameron was getting two touchdowns in a game yeah. or, or, you know, more, you know, and, and, and Josh Gordon, I keep wanting to say Josh Morgan, Josh Gordon, uh, you know, became more of a vertical threat. I still think they can do that with Whedon because mm-hmm. Whedon does have the arm talent, but he's got to speed his brain up like, yeah. a lot. He's got, I don't think he's been in the film room enough. And his accuracy just doesn't seem on the same level as no. Hoyer. Hoyer's pretty no. accurate. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. And then Jeff Toole, the tool duel, I tweeted this out. Tool. He came in for EJ Manuel in the third quarter. EJ went out with Hoyer, supposedly has a torn ACL, so he's probably out for the year. Manuel went out, 
probably a less serious knee injury, so that's why it's getting less buzz. But Jeff Toole, I think undrafted as well, he's the worst QB I've ever seen. <laughs> he went 8 for 20, 80 yards, and an interception. So not like the worst, but but you know the total QBR, the new rating that yeah. ESPN came out in yeah. it? It's a little more, I guess, accurate than the old quarterback rating. Or so they tell us. So they, so they tell us. But anyway, it's a metric. Yeah. It tells you something, and it rates players from 0 to 100 mm-hmm. quarterbacks mm-hmm. on every impactful play. So if they did a read option, they threw the ball away, every play that they make impacts the game on a scale of 0 to 150, being you played an average game. Right. Jeff Toole last night, total QBR. Yeah. Two. Poo. <laughs> Two points. Two. On the scale. Good God! That's so, I mean. So basically, he made the wrong play every play, pretty much every over time, over and over and over again. Yeah, threw a pick six to T.J. Ward. Thank you, Cleveland defense, fantasy yeah. football. There you go. Jeff Tool was absolutely. He might. Have, I think he yelled, "T.J., I'm coming to you." <laughs> he just drilled it into his chest. Um, so I don't want to bang on the guy too bad, but I guess I just did. Oh yeah, do it anyways. It's really bad, and his name's Jeff Tool. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to do with no, him. No, he he probably saw it coming. He'd forgive you. Okay. Any more thoughts on Cleveland, Buffalo, the future of both teams, quarterback situation? I still think Buffalo's sitting right in the middle of the AFC East. They're not quite, I mean, at least for now, I think they're still not making the playoffs. They're probably going to finish, you know. I think there's two teams better in that division. What do you, what do you say, seven and nine maybe six, or something like six. that? Six and ten. But uh, I think Cleveland is seriously going to contend for an AFC North championship this year really? division championship I even, mean, even if Hoyer came, Hoyer's probably not coming back even with Whedon there you know I think I guess if Hoyer's definitely out for the for the remainder it looks of the like it they, they, they say they think it's an ACL well maybe not so much but I mean that division's bad enough right now who knows and I think their defense is good enough personnel wise to, to frustrate any, yeah. there's no spectacular offenses no. in this entire division so I don't know I, I think the Bills They'll hang in there. I don't think the Bills can can do what the Browns can, given right. their relative yeah. division. Well, and the, I mean, again, the AFC North is anybody's right now. Yeah, I mean, you've got Dalton, Flacco, Roethlisberger, and Whedon. Yeah. Nobody is, and is blowing your doors off. Dalton and Flacco and Big Ben, I guess, they all look surprisingly terrible I, I've been so saying far. that Flacco, I know, like... He's overrated. I've been saying that he's overrated. I did, like, a ranking for Eric. He emailed me. I think Flacco ended up 15th on my list. Yeah. Yeah, just somewhere, you know, and maybe I'm a little biased because he beat my team in the Super Bowl. Right. I feel, because I, I'm a football purist at heart, and I like appreciating, I like every Super Bowl team except for that Baltimore yeah. team that beat mine. Yeah. Because I can remember something about the season, and except for, in this case, I can only remember bitter stuff. So, But I think Flacco is a little bit overrated, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and just that division looks up for grabs. With it, um, and with all the money they gave him, he should be able to at least fix his teeth. That was a horrible, to me, a, a bad investment. Oh, yeah, terrible. I mean, because he's, what, he's almost 20%, 25% of your payroll now mm-hmm. for the fifth, 10th best quarterback in the league at best. And I don't think it was him so much making the receivers better as it was maybe the other way around. He's got some talent, or he had some with, you know, Anquan Bolden before he and left. Pedro, and, yeah, he's now out. Tory, you know, Tory Smith, Smith is yeah. very talented, but he can't carry a whole team. He, he's kind of... The focus shifts elsewhere. He can burn someone. Yeah, he's the vertical guy that works when Bolden and Pitta are there, yeah. but they're not there. Yeah. Um, also, just a quick note that I kind of found interesting. Thursday night football between the Browns and the Bills doubled the rating of the Dodgers game. It was opposite. So Oof. kind of a mediocre football game on Thursday night that not everyone can watch doubles up a baseball playoff game. And then Iowa State-Texas 
outrated Pirates versus St. Louis. Iowa State, Texas College football. Um, so I don't know what you want to make of that. I just thought that was kind of an interesting tidbit. And baseball has to do a better job. You've got the Dodgers. That what more marketable team? Kershaw, Puig, Hanley Ramirez. I mean, just stars everywhere. Matt Kemp. Yeah, stars all over yeah. that team, and it's L.A. I don't know what I don't know what to tell baseball. It's weird. Baseball's baseball's really weird that way, though. It's like the the smaller markets, you know, tend to draw more attention than some of the bigger market teams, at least nationally. Yeah, I think if you got Yankees, Dodgers in the World Series, I think that'd be baseball. Obviously, you can't because yeah. the Yankees are home. Yeah, but I think that would be Dodger. Uh, that would be baseball's kind of. You know, it's the two biggest markets. What dream? Yeah, yeah. They, that's what they hope for, but nah, I don't see that happening. Um, so we've got some more. We could talk uh, Dusty Baker. Yeah. Okay, Dusty Baker gone. Out. Given the axe. I yeah. like Dusty, though. And I don't know, what had Cincinnati done? I know they've got a lot of talent, but what did they do before Dusty was there? Gosh, I can't even remember. Um, I mean, I'm not, I don't was, know. Who was there? I don't know. I mean, I don't remember the Reds doing anything since they were the big red machine in the 70s until... Like now with Dusty Baker. Well, and you know, to be fair, that's a really tough division to play in. I mean, yeah. maybe the best division in baseball top to bottom. You always have to deal with the Cardinals. Yeah, you always have to deal with your... Cardinals. The Pirates have been at least hovering around contention the for the last, last few, few years. years. Yeah, uh, And the Reds, the same kind of, they've, they've had talent and they've been, you know, making pushes. Brewers every about three or four years. Yeah, so. I mean, they get talent that comes through there yeah. and, and they make then a they playoff push. Yeah. yeah, But yeah. none of those teams are, you know... Houston, no, you don't have no, you don't have any any real pushovers in that division. So. No, and it, what did he get? Two division titles. He got him to the playoffs two mm-hmm. or three times. I don't know. I mean, maybe they can find somebody, but I don't know if Cincinnati, even though they have talent, the market there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you want to move to Cincinnati. I don't know if it's a sexy job. I don't know who they're going to potentially target. Well, we talked about this with the garden hire thing. Like who's who's really out there? Who are you going to get? Nobody. Yeah. I mean, the last. The last uh, big coaching hire, or the last big name that was on the market, was Buck Showalter before he went to um, Baltimore. Yeah. Other than that, there's nobody really there's out no there. Big yeah. for, for Baltimore. And I guess Terry Francona went to Cleveland, Cleveland and, and that's the fair. Playoffs. Um, they made the playoffs. They made the playoffs. Got just destroyed yeah. by Tampa Bay. Yeah. Got an article up on the blog about how bad it is to be a Cleveland fan, and it just keeps getting worse. All the little chicks with the crimson lips say, yeah. Cleveland rocks, <laughs> Cleveland rocks. Hoyer's out for the year. Living in sin with a safety pin. <laughs> oh, it's all downhill. A-Rod also suing the Yankees. Give it up already. He's Good so indignant God. because um, they're trying to tamper with his pristine legacy. You know, I, I was just reading, right before we started, I was reading that Chris Carter thing, how Chris Carter bumped into him at um, the Yankee Museum and he was taking batting practice, started talking. And Chris Carter basically told him that his life as a baseball player is over. Yeah, and that he. Needs so was to... this like a? Excuse me. Was this like a give it up, a Rod? Just yeah. Well, okay. that Chris, Chris Carter basically, you know, this is you do whatever you want. I don't care. I'm just a fan. But yeah. in my opinion, you need to start thinking about your legacy after baseball. And Carter's thing is like he thinks a Rod should go out and try and you know at least educate some of these younger players about the dangers of PEDs and, you know, what it really can do to your body and all this stuff and yeah. how that might, it's not going to, you know, make up for everything that he's done, but it might in some way atone for his shitty personality and shitty deeds. That's the thing, that last thing that you say, though, I think is the biggest thing with A-Rod is, like, I think we're underestimating that this guy is a sociopath. Yeah. He doesn't have, like, emotions about other people. He is self-interested <laughs> and he is not concerned, like... 
This whole thing was suing baseball. This is a money grab for yeah. A-Rod to prolong his career of eligibility yeah. and get as much contract as he can. And his time in the spotlight. He just wants all eyes on him yeah. all the time. He doesn't care if it's negative publicity. No. He just wants attention. And he thinks that he's infallible. And even, you know, if he went on like a, a tour of educating, hey, here's what can happen. Don't do what I did. Sort of an LT, Lawrence Taylor. Don't, yeah. don't do drugs. Yeah. Campaign. Don't smoke crack and, and break people's lives. Yeah, but it's the same thing as like, uh, you're still LT. You're still A-Rod. I don't trust you. You're no. probably like, you probably needed some HGH to like get up on the stage and give the talk. I don't know. I, he's just so, his, his reputation is so far gone that I just don't think there's any salvaging it. He's so greasy too, you know. Oh. He just, he remind you know, he kind of reminds me of, um, Sweaty Nightclub. Christian, uh, Christian Bale in American Psycho. I thought you were going to say Christian Slater. Yeah, Christian Slater. <laughs> you know, it's just like, this is his studio. Yeah. You know, he's just yeah. like all greased back and, yeah. He's got this image he's trying to protect, but like behind closed doors, he's just a complete psychopath. Yeah, talk, murdering people and talking about the virtue of yeah. friendship and Phil Collins yeah. songs. Yeah, Phil Collins yeah. songs. Yeah. Using yeah. Phil Collins songs as, as fodder for murder. Yeah, A-Rod's down a deep psychological hole that is, as I think, as it opens more to the public, it gets greasier and stickier, yeah. and it's it's just hard, it's hard to be in yeah, that. I don't know. He's, he's worthless at this point, I think. But So, on the field, on the diamond... Cardinals slay the Pirates. Jeez. Dodgers dominate. Um, God, I'm blanking on who the Dodgers played. Not not many Atlanta. close games in Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. Yeah, and I kind of, I don't know, I had higher hopes for both. I thought uh, I thought the Pirates maybe would ride some energy in, mm-hmm. and that didn't happen. And it just seems like the Cardinals just do this every year. I don't know. It already. I know it's just one game in the series, but it already kind of feels like it's going to be Cardinals-Dodgers. Well, and... and... In Pittsburgh's defense, I think there's some kind of mental block with St. Louis. Like, there is with every team in that division. Yeah. St. Louis has just destroyed all of them for years yeah. and years and years. Kiss the ring. Yeah. I mean, kiss the rings. Uh. Yeah. What, what, 11 of them? Oh, 12? good God. I mean, World Series, they have a deal. Lots. Many, many. I mean, one of the winningest franchises in sports history, really. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, so, I mean, Pittsburgh's, it's kind of a David and Goliath thing. I'm really rooting for David, but I think uh, they're going to get squashed. Yeah, I hope not. But yeah, it's, it might be the same. But I'm if if that's the if that's the matchup, Dodgers Cardinals. I'm full on Dodgers because I'm a Puig fan. Yeah. I, I think they're more entertaining. I think it's ultimately better for baseball too. Plus, when was last? I mean, when was the last time the Dodgers won a, a title? No idea. Yeah, I mean, since when they were in Brooklyn? I don't know. My folks were big fans back when Fernando Valenzuela was there, Fernando Mania, things like that. Um, but it's been a while since the Dodgers were super relevant. I think I think what maybe maybe in the sixties, right? Eighty eight. Eighty eight was the last one. Or Hershiser, Kurt Gibson. Kurt Gibson. Oh. Yeah, I don't believe what I just. How saw. could we? How yeah. could we forget that? Yeah, but it's been a while. That's why, because I was one. Well, I'm such an Oral Hershiser fan. I'm the Bulldog. Just ashamed of myself. Well, you're doing okay. Also, oh, I want to touch on one other thing. Um, Dale Swain out for the Cubs. Yeah, Eric, big Cubs fan. Well, and I think, I don't know, I think it's a good job. I think you've got Epstein, you've got Deep Pockets, you've got Chicago, you've got a major market. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I think in You're not a believer in the curse? No, I don't believe, I don't believe in Beatles, I just believe in me. Okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I'm not a, I know Eric probably believes in the curse because he's had to live it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's become real. To him, uh, like it does when you're a sports fan. Right. The irrational becomes real because sports is irrational, at least fandom is. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I would take that job. You know how many Cubs hats there are? Yeah. Uh, just it, just from a branding perspective. The fan base is there nationally. The fan base. Is yeah. There. So Girardi was the was the 
that was the scuttlebutt around the water cooler. Really? Um, I, you know, I heard a little bit about that. How weird is it to think, like... Managers that, are big in baseball, though, right? Yeah, managers are big in baseball. But how weird is it to think, like, a job like the Cubs job could be, like, somebody's dream job, some guy who just coached some other team in the postseason, yeah. and he wants to go, uh, well, screw this, I'd rather go be yeah. the manager of the Cubs. Like, that's the dream job. But even, and, and, and baseball's funny that way, because this downtrodden franchise, though, has, like, more history than than almost any other franchise, and there's some glory in that. I don't know, Eric, yes or no, are the, the Cubs is a good job, right? That, that's an attractive job. Cubs manager. Yeah. yeah. I think so, too. A lot of a lot of young talent, I think, coming up through the ranks. Too. Well, and everybody wants to be, I think, the guy to make it happen for the Cubs. I mean, yeah. you'll go yeah, down no in kidding. history as, like, that guy, so... Okay, so we did. Uh, I think we maxed out our baseball budget. That's, That's pretty just, good. That was I pretty good. Yeah. I, felt, I feel like I just took a little little BP in the cages. I'm all yeah. loose. Yeah, we went at least five six innings. That was a quality start. Yeah, that was a baseball quality start. Yeah, we're gonna have some more quality on the other side of our break. Here, we're gonna talk a lot of big NFL matchups coming up. Josh Freeman situation uh, and the Giants making a trade to get John Beeson. All that and probably a little bit more coming up on the podcast with a side of rice. Yes. Welcome back to the Day in Sports Podcast. Ben Sherman, Adam Hawking, steamrolling ahead like a steam engine. Just a steamy old pile of garbage rolling down the hill. <laughs> it's like us versus John Henry. Yeah. We're losing. <laughs> but we're going to get into uh, really our favorite thing to talk about, everyone's favorite thing to talk about, the NFL. Huge slate of games this weekend, Ben. Huge. Are you excited? There's a lot of good man. Well, my team isn't playing. So, so are you kind of... It's a it's a good opportunity to be a football purist and just take in the game and learn more. That's true, but I usually just get disappointed either way. Yeah, just sit back, relax, kick the facts. There are some good games though. Yeah. Okay. First game on the docket: Saints four zero rolling coming. The Bears didn't have their best performance against or, or at Detroit. End up losing by eight, but they're three and one at home, playing on a, that slow soldier field. Mm-hmm. Um, so do they have a chance? Well, do they have a chance? Of course they do. How does that game break down on maybe a slower field than the track and the Saints aren't at home now? You know, I still, I think this the advantage still goes to the Saints. It's still early enough in the fall that the ground's not really hard yet. It's supposed um, to be 61 degrees. 61 degrees. I mean, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I still see uh, Sproles and Graham being just mismatches for the yeah. Bears linebacking and safety core. Um, one thing I do want to watch is is how the how the Saints pass protect because I think that's been sort of an underrated weakness that's that's been overshadowed because Sproles and Grammar and Breeze are so good. Well, and on the on the other side of the coin, there it'll be, it'll be interesting to see because Chicago's defensive line hasn't really created a ton of pressure. This Henry year. Melton's out for the year now. Yeah. He was probably their best interior pass rusher. You know, I, and I think. They really want to see some kind of sign of life out of Julius Peppers. Yeah, I was going to ask you about him. Does he? I mean, I haven't seen anything 
from him. Uh, he plays. Yeah. He doesn't... Uh, He's out there. doesn't make a lot of noise. He's doing a lot of Mario Williams stuff. He'll show up with a sack, but then disappear yeah. for the rest of the game. He's a he's an odd duck. Yeah. You know, he came he came in the league with a boom. Oh, where he played in Carolina, right? He's been one of yeah. He's been one of those contractor type of guys yeah. where you'll have every third year. It's just like who is this guy? That's the way to do it. Yeah. If you're gonna just if you're just in it for the the finances. You, if you're six seven two eighty and you can fake it on an NFL field, yeah, more power to you. Might as well. Those ears can't hurt though. Yeah. Pats Bengals Patriots at Bengals. Uh, I'd be shocked if the Bengals beat him. To be honest, with I you. picked the Bengals. Did you? You wanted the upset. Let me let me tell you why. I don't think it's that much of an upset. Sell me on it. Okay, I'm going to try. I've, I've been talking big, you know, about this take the quarterback out of it, which obviously you can't do quarterback's most important player on the field. But line up the two rosters minus Brady and Dalton. The Bengals ha- have more talent. Yeah. Um, still, if you look at Brady's completions to the rookie wide receivers, it's getting better, but he's still really having to force feed those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Bengals... I think it's more of do the Bengals really go to two and three at home while New England goes to five and zero, oh, or does New England lose one, stub their toe, go to four and one, and the Bengals three and two? Because to me, New England feels more like four and one, and and the Bengals feel more like a three and two team to me. I think they're closer than than what a New England win would result in. Right. I think what it's really going to come down to, and the matchup that I'm most excited to watch is uh, AJ Green and I'm assuming Akeem Talib. Talib. Yeah. yeah, that'll be. Those guys are going to be going at it all day. Yeah, Talib has shown he he's he's making an early Richard Sherman bid. That yeah, he doesn't talk as much. He talks a lot on the field, but he's big, physical, fast, mm-hmm. just like Sherman. And shut, he can be a shutdown corner. Yeah, and I'm I I'll be honest with you. I mean, I I initially picked the Patriots, and then I did sort of a hope audacity of hope. You went for back the through and, and used your heart a little. Yeah, and I was like, well, it's a home team. They need the win. They've got the talent. They're not. I mean, it's four weeks in. What did we know last year? Washington was three and six, and they made the playoffs. So there's going to be, you know, there's going to be teams that are two and two that we don't know about, right? And the Bengals seem like to me a good candidate for that. Yeah, I mean, this is sink or swim time for them. So if they're yeah. going to show up, it better be this week. Yeah. Know? So that was my thought: is if they are who I thought they were, which is a division winner, who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook, crown their ass. Yeah. But um, so if they are who I thought they were, they're mm-hmm. going to win this week, and that's. Basically, my whole logic. It might be flawed logic, but that's my thought. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it, it really. I mean, I mean, is New England really a, a, a I mean, a, a juggernaut in your opinion? They're they're good. They keep winning, but when they get off the bus, are you like the big bad Patriots are here, or are you like a team that happens to be four and always here? You know, I don't know from week to week. I yeah. feel like they got off the bus in because um, they played Atlanta in Atlanta last week. Yeah. Right? They got off the bus in Atlanta, and apparently the Falcons didn't. looked at them and said, "Hey, the big bad Patriots yeah, are here," and they yeah. got they got curb stomped. Yeah, or maybe just the little tiny Falcons showed. Yeah, up. I guess. I don't I, know. I, maybe it's the lack of a of Stephen Jackson on the field or something, but that offense is not clicking. I think it's the offensive line, to be honest. I think they've just been kind of they've invested so much in the weapons mm-hmm. and maybe not as much in the trenches. Yeah, and then the defense is banged up. Well, um, de- they made some bad. I feel like they made some bad. Investments on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they could have kept John Abraham for probably next to nothing. And they have uh, they have injuries, I guess, too. To be Sean fair. Weatherspoon has heard he's their best linebacker. Corey Bierman. Yeah, he had a sweet interception return for a touchdown like two yeah. years ago that I saw. Yeah. Um, so okay, we're, we're, you you feel pretty strong about, about? I think I think the Patriots are gonna. I mean, they just win, baby. Okay, and that's fair. I'm, yeah. I'm picking the Bengals, just kind of going against the grain. Lions at Packers, I think, is a really interesting. Uh, 
game for a couple of reasons. I like Matt Stafford. I like what the Lions are doing. I like their front four. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like them to come in and give the Packers a game, but I like the Packers to win at home. I can't. I don't see the Packers going to one and three. No, and the, as much as I really wanted to pick Detroit to win that game, because I really did. It could happen. It could happen. But when was the last time they won in Lambeau? Like 20 years ago? 25 uh, years there ago? There was that game, what was it, two years ago with Matt Flynn who came in, mm-hmm. and then the Packers ended up winning because he threw six touchdowns yeah. and Stafford threw like five. I don't know. I, I think the Lions are a bad matchup for a lot of teams in their division because there's no one in the league that can cover Calvin Johnson, but there's not a lot of great corners in the NFC North. Yeah. And then... There's a lot of bad offensive line play, Vikings, Packers, Bears, for that Lions defensive line to, to really take advantage of. So, I don't know. I see a good game here. And if the yeah. Lions go to 4-1 and and the Packers go to 1-3, and and maybe the Bears win and go to 4-1, and that division is getting out of out of reach quick yeah. for, for Green Bay. Well, and for Minnesota. Yeah. That might already be I, I anticipated that a little bit yeah. more. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well... The only, I mean, basically, the only reason I picked Green Bay to win is I couldn't justify picking the Packers to lose at home against Detroit. And go, yeah. And I mean, no matter. The one and three just sticks in my head is I don't see this team at that. No, they're better than that. And you know, if if Green Bay's offensive line can give Aaron Rodgers any kind of time back there, I yeah. think Detroit's secondary is bad enough that he'll oh, yeah. take them apart. Yeah, yeah. The back four is is definitely vulnerable. And then uh, Chiefs at Titans. It's kind of one of those, I, I was trying to pick, you know, good games to talk about, and I looked at this one, and I was like, Chiefs, Titans, I like the Chiefs. Kind Last of. year, you'd have been like, oh. Yeah, and, and most years, it's yeah. like, are these two still in the league? But uh, combined matchup record, Chiefs are 4-0, Titans 3-1, combined 7-1, mm-hmm. but to me, the story is Chiefs really good on defense, Jake Locker out, mm-hmm. so I think the Chiefs are the odds-on favorite to go to 5-0. and oh. How do you not, how, how can you not, especially with Locker out, how can you not pick them to just to keep going? Because they're not losing. Yeah. This Well, this is the one thing I was right about when I actually went through the schedule, because I picked every single game for every single team, and I was looking at the Chiefs, and I told Eric, I have the Chiefs at like 9-1, and one because their schedule is so soft, mm-hmm. and I just trust them to do um, just, you know, enough and, and be so good defensively. And I think it's interesting... Uh, the Chiefs make me think about this topic is there's kind of this like dichotomy of two ways to go in the NFL. And you see like Jim Harbaugh and Pete Carroll, uh, maybe Jim Harbaugh copying off the Ravens and Steelers, but now a lot of people uh, like the Colts are stealing from the 49ers mm-hmm. and the Seahawks are stealing from the 49ers of let's play physical, let's draft for defense, and let's beat up these offenses that are so prolific. Yeah. And then there's the other way to go, which is the Peyton Manning or the Chip Kelly the Robert Griffin the third way the circus offense up tempo 80 plays and I, I don't I mean I guess both are, are both are having their effects but I think the Chiefs really took a page out of that out of that 49ers playbook mm-hmm. maybe the old Baltimore Steeler playbook and it's look at the results there I think they're uh, almost a lot to move to five and all and I think is is flashy and is is popular pick as some of those you know offensive juggernauts are yeah it's that adage still holds defense wins championships the teams that usually go all the way are the ones that have enough talent on the defensive side of the ball to kind of bruise and batter the opposing offense yeah i mean if you look at peyton manning's one super bowl the year he did it his defense was horrible but in the playoffs their run defense was uh historically good yeah so if you get a defense 
play, you have to have a defense playing well at the right time. Same mm-hmm. with the Saints, like with Drew Brees. He's only got one ring, but he beat Peyton Manning. Yeah. Defense came up huge in that Super Bowl. Yep. Um, Big so, pick six. Yeah, even if you've got Brady. Look at Brady in his last two Super Bowls, frustrated by a superior pass rush. Yeah. So, I mean, the Giants even have been along that blueprint. So we've seen the defensive teams win championships. A pass rush. Yeah. A, a dominating pass rush, you know, a top-of-the-league pass rush. We'll get you a long way in football. That's, I think, why Seattle is such a scary team is because they run the ball, they've got the pass rush, and then they've got sort of the, the thing that no one else has in Richard Sherman. Yeah, or, or you know, I, I that's the best secondary on the block. I mean, that I've seen. In years. Yeah, years long time, and years. Long time. That, that, it's the Legion of Boom. Yeah, it is. I like it. It's scary. It is. Um, good segue, Seattle at Indy. Woo! Um, I'm riding the Colts in this game for a couple of reasons. I want Seattle to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably the main reason. And when it's sort of a pick 'em game, because Seattle on the road is different. It's a different. Team. I know they're a really, really good team at uh, anywhere, but but I think at Indianapolis, Andrew Luck, I would take over Russell Wilson, uh, and and I like what the Colts are doing with Bradshaw and Richardson. Is a lot of ball control, hounding the running game, and I think that'll be effective at home against Seattle. Now, isn't a, I heard a mod might be uh, out for the season now? Oh God, again? Yeah. I I, I just caught a, a blurb of it on the radio on the way over here. But I saw. Um, I didn't know. Yeah, I mean, he's always questionable. Yeah, he was. He's got like his foot team. is like fake. Yeah. Or it falls off every week or yeah. something. It's like when they said Garrison Hurst's ankle was almost made out of toothpaste yeah. at one point in his career. Um, but they do have Richardson, who's mm-hmm. uh, you know at least a power back, and then they have Donald Brown, who was a high pick. I mean, they and and I think they have this the the quarterback in the system now to at least effectively run the ball. Yeah. Um, so I've got Indy at home. Who are you picking in this I, game? I picked the Colts, too, actually. Okay. Uh, I just, after the way that Seattle kind of failed to show up in the first half against Houston, this is, what, their second straight game in the Eastern yeah. time zone? Yeah. Um, I just, if they don't show up in the first half, and you watch the way that um, Indy kind of picked the Niners apart yeah. and just stayed on top of them, Slowly, uh, and I think that's what Andrew Luck brings you. Yeah, and then he's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna match Shab the game away. No, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> he's just not gonna do that. So. You know, I know I I wrote an article defending Shab, um, and I thought he played okay, but he made he the did. throw you can't make. That one, it's one mistake. And Andrew Luck probably on that play is able to get away from the pressure because mm-hmm. he's stronger and more athletic, and either make a play or get rid of the ball. Yeah, and he's just smarter. He is. I, I I think Andrew Luck in his second year is probably behind Manning, Brady, Breeze, and Rodgers yeah. in terms of. Seeing the game, he could. I mean, he's got the potential to be one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, he's ugly as sin, though. Yeah, and goofy. He's just like Peyton Manning. Yeah, if you were like a space alien and humans looked pretty much the same, but you could sort of listen to them and yeah. understand them, you would think the Colts have had the same quarterback for the last twenty-five years. Yeah, yeah. By the end of it, I, I, I don't know. Not to digress too far here. Have you seen that? Um, Let's go for it. That uh, SEC documentary, The Book of Manning. Yeah, that's. I mean. A lot of dramatic flair and all that stuff, but watching Peyton, uh, I guess I kind of got the uh, the feeling that he was a bit of an a hole up until he kind of grew up, and then now he kind of you can see him in bed. He's like, "Yeah, I was a crybaby." It's just a good thing he had brothers. I'll say that. Oh yeah, I think they they wore well on him. Oh yeah, on his dad too. I'm sure. Yeah, when he got a little, because I guess one of the high school games, his dad standing over on the sidelines and watching him as. Peyton, they lost the game in the last minute. Peyton comes off the field, starts yelling at the coach, telling him that they lost because he has no idea what he's doing. Which is probably true. Yeah, which is probably true. But he <laughs> but still, still can't do that. Yeah. 
So I think uh, I'm sure Archie had a little bit of a come to Jesus meeting with yeah. him after that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to watch how his personality is is kind of changed and he's become he's grown up, you know, yeah. coming out of college, he kind of assumed that very serious demeanor and Andrew Luck does the same thing. He goes about yeah. his business because that's what he's there to do. I like that you said grown up because I think Andrew Luck and uh, Peyton Manning are both and have been since they're about 21 or 22 grown ups. Yeah. And I think you get a lot of guys because quarterback, I mean, look at, we're arguing over who's better, Hoyer or Wheaton. We are starved for quarterbacks in this league. So a lot of guys or like Castle or Ponder. Yeah. So a lot of guys like Terrell Pryor, Cam Newton, who maybe don't have as much skin in the game in terms of how much they want it. They're more into the marketing yeah. side of things and that type of thing. I just think when you have a true grown-up that's all about football, Russell Wilson's the same way. Yeah. Um, but I think you just get decades of success, like Peyton Manning and like we both see for Andrew Luck. Yeah. Um, so I like, we both like Indy at home uh, to move to 4-1. and one. Yeah. Knock Seattle down to 4-1. and one. Um, That won't change my opinion about two, about either team either way too much. Yeah. Um, it's just, I mean, Seattle's, they've kind of been building up to a bad game and I think this is Going to be it. Yeah, they've had some near misses and things like that, especially on the road. Uh, Broncos, uh, can they be stopped going into Dallas? My initial thought is Dallas is not good at home. Um, they're an okay team personnel-wise, have some talent on offense, but it's a dome stadium, and it's going to be real quiet once Peyton is up 14 nothing, mm-hmm. and then it's just going to be like a, a home game. And I, I don't know. I don't see Dallas... Keeping this within more closer to the touchdown, unless there's some weird like cowboy voodoo, because apparently Peyton does not play well against the Cowboys historically. Huh, okay. It's only been like two games, I think, which is sure. a very small sample size. Sure, um, but yeah, he's just had some rough games against Dallas, um, but I just don't see that continue. There's no way he's going to come yeah. out and just surgically destroy their defense. Yeah, I don't see uh, Dallas's defense making Peyton uncomfortable enough mm-hmm. to stop this role that they're on. So he's I just got too many weapons. Yeah, and too every, many outlets, yeah. too many everything. Yeah, yeah. Every regular season game, and I remember this when Peyton set the the single season touchdown record a few years ago, or two thousand six or whatever it was. And it just seemed like every game he was in the you blink and it's fourteen to three or twenty one to nothing. Yeah, and I don't know. I just don't think Dallas is with Des Bryant and everything. Romo are good players, but it's not Manning and his attack. No, they're not going to topple a team like that. I think. A team maybe more like Seattle, um, who if they could get their offense out of whack a little bit, they yeah. could hang with them. But there's no way that they're gonna. I mean, what everybody you've seen people bring everything to the table against Manning at this point in the season. It's not working, and it's not working. And this, so. yeah, yeah, this just smacks to me of it's good. You're gonna have to put the points up in this game, and I just I don't think either one of us see the Dallas offense hanging unless they go dirty and start uh, twisting ankles under piles and Wes Welker and yeah, uh, Demarius Thomas is it more. Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas. There's too many Demarius. Yeah, there is. Uh, hey, Demarius. <laughs> unless one of them goes down, I there's no way. Um, so I, I think we both see, I'd see that as like a 41 to 28. Yeah. I don't know. It's like you're couple, kind of, couple you're predicting scores video game time. scores, yeah. but it's like, that's what it has been. I mean, I, yeah, I'd be shocked if, you know, Dallas might score some points in, in kind of garbage time yeah. at the end, but I'd be shocked if they put up, you know, 30 points against Denver. Denver's okay. defense is good. Um, so final game that we have that, that we're going to dissect here Sunday night, uh, Texans at 49ers, kind of a. It would have been sexier four weeks ago at the start of the year. Um, you know, you it's, could, it's still a good game. It's still got good appeal. I think both both teams still have everything in front of them mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, no, I don't think the Texans can beat Denver, but everyone says that. What do I know? So 
maybe the Texans can become a playoff team and find their identity and make a run. Same thing with San Francisco. I wouldn't say that they can beat Seattle right mm-hmm. now, certainly in Seattle. Um, but who knows? I don't know. I mean, San Francisco's got all the talent, and, and if Kaepernick turns it around, I, I'd pick San Francisco uh, in this game, and I, I don't know. I think both people, uh, I think the media and, and a lot of folks have hit the panic button on both teams. Yeah. I think they're both fine. Yeah. I mean, they're still in contention. Um, what is it? What is it? Is it uh, Al Pacino? Any given Sunday? Yeah. Any given Sunday. Anything can happen. The itches we need are everywhere! Steaming Willie Beeman. <laughs> um, so who do you like in that game? Uh, you know, the Texans, I think, are going to be a little emotionally... They have been emotionally distraught for weeks now. J.J. Wallace pissed. He's, he's getting emotional. Yeah. Um, pizzas. I don't think it's going to... I don't think it's going to help his game at all. He doesn't seem like he has the stability to kind of harness it. I, I don't know. I'd be surprised if San Francisco didn't win. Can I say one odd thing that no one cares about? Yeah. Um, <laughs> an odd... Okay. So... When I look at the Texans and 49ers, there's this, there's, okay, I look at J.J. Watt and Brian Cushing, mm-hmm. and then I look at Justin Smith and Alden Smith. And it was funny last year when Justin Smith got hurt, Alden Smith was much less effective, and everyone said, Alden's not the same guy without Justin Smith, and it's the guy up front that makes all the difference. Right. You know, because he's occupying the blockers. But you see the sort of the opposite, the inverse in Houston, because Cushing has missed a lot of time. Mm-hmm. J.J. Watt's not the same guy without Cushing cleaning stuff up behind him. Yeah. Because he's got to occupy two guys. He can't rush the passer as much. Cushing is underrated. We're in a really good time for middle linebackers mm-hmm. in the league with Willis and Bowman and Cushing and Luke Keekley. Um And I'm blanking on a lot of the, the Bears, young John Bostic, Derek mm-hmm. Johnson from the Chiefs. I don't know. There's a lot of talented linebackers right now. But I don't know. I just think you see if Cushing's not on the field, the Texans aren't the same defense. No. And, well, I mean, he's a Pro Bowl-level linebacker. He's a thumper, too. You're going to miss him. Yeah. And that's not an easy just plug. That's not an easy position just to plug someone into. No. No. So, uh, so I, I don't know. I, so you're on the Niners on this one? Yeah. I'm on, I picked the Niners to win that one. Okay. So I think we're both on the Saints. We're divided Pats and Bengals. Uh, we both like the Packers at home against the Lions. Chiefs to win on the road against the Titans. Indy to hold serve against Seattle. Uh, then we're both on the Broncos over Dallas and both on the Niners at home against the Texans. That's the slate of games. It's meaty. It is. It's substantial. It's like a pastrami sandwich. It's much like a pastrami sandwich. Lots of pastrami in there. Get out of my deli. Get out Get out of here! Another, speaking of yelling at people for being in your deli. Yeah. Greg Schiano. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, maybe Coach Rutgers. It's, yeah. he, it seems like he might be an angry New York type guy. He has like a really wide kind of flat head. No one seems to like him. No. That plays for him. Nobody seems to like him. I guess oh, I heard somebody, I can't remember who said it, um, uh, some NFL player talking about Greg Schiano and basically just said, if you're going to come in and take that hard-ass approach, you better be able to back it up. Yeah, and so far he's not not backing it up. Oh, and so, four. Yeah. And, yeah, looking. Josh Freeman no longer has to deal with Greg Schiano, which is really the, what what we wanted to get at. Yeah. Um, so he's a free agent. They weren't able to trade anything or, or get anything for him. They just him. released him, right? Yeah, yeah. So he can go anywhere. My opinion that I put up on the blog was for the Vikings to trade a fourth or fifth rounder for him. I really think he could fit. Um, here's the issue to me is Josh Freeman is where does he fit versus what does he want? Yeah. Because there's not a lot of teams right now that are just going to say, Come in here and start. Well, there may be some, I guess, I've heard there may be some disciplinary issues that have been kept yeah, relatively quiet with him, but that he just doesn't take well the leadership. And 
you know, part of that might be uh, the whole thing with Shiano kind of being a dick. Yeah, maybe so, he just didn't drive. I mean, maybe that guy's to blame because he's a uh, bad coach or can't motivate him or whatever, or just kind of too rough with him, but I don't know. It's hard to say. Who knows? And then it's just like where uh, – who's going to pick this guy up? Like, I mean, you, you could – it just seems like I've, – I've heard a lot of teams rumored for him, like, you know, San Francisco, he would fit, you know, a backup role with them mm-hmm. or – J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. But then do you bring him into that media circus and then Geno Smith feels uncomfortable and it's like, what are you, what are you doing there? I'm, I, that whole, as soon as the uh, Jets ownership realizes, okay, it's time to, to end the Rex Ryan experiment, they'll be much better for it. But I still think Geno will be their guy. Yeah. You? Uh, well, I mean, they've invested in him at this point. Yeah. He's, well, he's played okay. They're 2-2. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I still think he's one of those, I don't know what it is about college quarterbacks these days, but none of them seem mentally prepared to play in the NFL. Or yeah, they seem immature. It just seems like the the jump is, uh, you know, into the playbook and into understanding and reading defenses seems to be much more difficult now than it was 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah, and from winging it all over at West Virginia to playing in the Meadowlands is a, is yeah. a transition, but I think he's done fine. Yeah. And then I think you see the other side of it with Luck and Wilson and guys that can come in and sort of set it on fire. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, I just don't know. where Josh Freeman, to me, is like, he's like some guy during the draft that, you know, has like, you know, a good 40 time and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but all these off-the-field things, and he ends up being undrafted. Yeah. And it's just a matter of, can he humble himself to go somewhere? And he's he's just got to, like, we talked about Peyton Manning being an adult. Yeah. And, you know, some of those quarterbacks who take that approach with with their work, he's got to do that if he wants to be an NFL quarterback. Yeah, and I think even if he didn't feel like I made a bunch of mistakes in Tampa, you've got to kind of own it, even if that's just a perception. Because, as we all know, if you're going to get a job, perception is reality. Yeah. So you've got to kind of be... You gotta say the cliche stuff. Right. You know, I made some mistakes. I'm ready to be a leader of a team. And I, I don't know, maybe a team like Oakland. Yeah. Terrell Pryor. I don't, I don't know. know. That's I mean, where quarterbacks go to die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be great for Josh Freeman, but he'll, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's just looking for a job at this point. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure Al Davis is probably pushing for that from beyond the grave. Yeah. He's still probably. He got, wants that big arm. There's probably like a red button somewhere in the Oakland facility where you can still communicate. Yeah. <laughs> Davis beyond the grave. It's a hologram. Yeah. It's just a hologram. It's like the up. Emperor from Star Wars. Uh, Halloween's right around the corner. Um, okay, Josh Freeman. A lot of talk about, I don't know. He, it just shows you that quarterbacks are so valuable that this guy, <laughs> who really had one good year, 25 touchdowns, six picks in 2010, gets all this attention and talk. I really hope Minnesota doesn't make a play for him. I. Yeah, I mean. If they were, if they were, the timing's not right, yeah. I don't think. If, if Ponder blew out his knee and was a year out from being able to do anything with him, trade him or otherwise, and yeah. Castle was a flop, but maybe. I think he, yeah, you just got Castle. Yeah. I think, I think I don't know. I, I just don't think it's the right time for them. Um, another <laughs> sort of big name, uh, we don't know where Josh Friedman's going, but on the move, John Beeson from Carolina, uh, who, if you remember, when he started his career, it was like him and Patrick Willis every year, like, Beeson was finishing second team all pro to mm-hmm. Willis first for like four straight years. And then he tore up his knee, I think, once or twice and, and just got replaced by Keekley, who's setting the world on fire. So John Beeson out in Carolina. They're trading uh, him to the Giants, who need all the help they can get for a, a conditional late round pick. It'll depend on performance. Right. Um, is this no deal, big deal, any type of deal well, to you? It's a good, obviously, it's a good move for New York. I mean, they little risk. And if, yeah. if he can be. I, you know, three quarters of the player that he used to be, there'll be some reward there. 
I, yeah, I think I don't know. I, look at the last few Super Bowl teams in the Giants. What were their good? Who were their good linebackers? I remember they had Chase Blackburn, who was like a teacher at one point, yeah. and signed later in the year to play middle for them. Yeah. If Beeson can get healthy, that's the biggest thing I wish these guys with knee injuries would do. Is if you're 28 and you haven't been able to get on the field, take a year and a half. Yeah. And just actually get healthy. The Derrick Rose approach. Yeah, I don't mind that approach at all. No. I, maybe Derrick Rose pushed it because he only had one injury and he's 23. Yeah. But whatever, get healthy and come back when you're ready. And then instead of missing games for the next parts of five seasons, maybe you're fully ready to go. And it's better. I mean, it's better for them in the long run, anyways. If you you know, who who's to say what the long-term outcome would be? But you look at a guy like Robert Griffin coming back a little early from a knee injury and not quite being the same, and you don't want him to screw it up anymore just yeah. by pushing himself. You yeah, know? and I, I'm always on the side, I tweeted this, I'm always on the side of athletes when it comes to, like, injury recovery mm-hmm. timetable. I, I know there's plenty of doubt, but it's how easy is it for us, like with the Derrick Rose thing, to just, yeah. he should be playing, well... I know a his year, knee. Yeah, and I know a year is like long nowadays for an ACL, but yeah, it's his knee. You're right, and he blew everything out of it. So who knows how it's, it felt? It's his career. It's his yeah. money. It's his future. He can do whatever he wants. But as far as I'm concerned, I totally agree. Adrian Peterson kind of ruined it for people. I think. Yeah, I mean, we we're gonna keep coming back to that, but there was nothing in the history. I mean, what happened to Peterson used to be in the '60s or '70s. <clears throat> Excuse me, a career ender. Yeah. Because we didn't have the even precision. even is even as as you know a, a bad knee injury in the nineties was a career ender even yeah if you're on that like in Philadelphia at the vet mm-hmm. <laughs> weird yeah. like slanted field with you, concrete underneath I'm sure yeah so I mean I don't know we've come a long way and the surgery is so minimally invasive now that we sort of expect uh, you know just these immediate results mm-hmm. um, but I I don't know I think we get a little bit spoiled with a guy like yeah. Peterson and modern technology to just expect these space age results I think a more realistic like timetable and example of recovery would be like Jamal Charles yeah he kind of slowly came back in and wasn't really the same but they didn't yeah. push him too hard and now that he's all the way healed and back to normal he looks almost like the same guy that he did before yeah, sort of a full calendar year type thing. Yeah, to, to I think I think that's what they should do, unless yeah. for whatever reason they're just fine. Speaking of odd uh, or of surgical procedures, I'm going to throw a curveball at you, but Kobe Bryant over in Germany getting orthokine procedure again on his knees, second time he's done this, not legal in the United States, but uh, like Colin Coward said, it's like smoking a doobie in the red light district and, you know, over in... in uh, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yeah. It's legal there. Yeah. So when you're there, when in Rome. Yeah. But anyway, basically what it is, is it's this procedure where they take out blood from another part of his body, split, spin the platelets in a centrifuge, yeah. and then inject it into a troubled area. And the idea is it's going to build new cells to rebuild cartilage. He had this done once before, and his knee looked a million times better. Came out and scored 28 points a game last year at age 33, 34. But my question is, is this ethically dubious to you? I don't know what he's doing over there. No, um, I don't think at all. Or is this just, hey, I've earned this. I have a private jet. I can go afford to get this procedure done. I mean, it'd be, I'd put it on par with like going to somewhere in Asia to have like some Eastern, you know, some kind of... Extreme acupuncture. Acupuncture that's yeah. not legal. Yeah. Peyton Manning did the same thing. Didn't he go to Europe and yeah, have a, a procedure, did. like a stem cell procedure? Yeah. I have no problem with it. I mean... My, I think the overarching problem is why do these, you know, rich and powerful athletes have to go to Europe to get these medical treatments done 
um, because they're not legal in the U.S. Why aren't they legal? I, I guess I don't know. Yeah, I think that's part of, and I don't know if this gets into like the bureaucracy of government type thing, and it just runs smoother over in Europe. Right. But like I, the consensus that I seem to hear, in my opinion for sure, is I don't want the guys with the popcorn muscles from the 1980s hitting 580 foot home runs. Right. But if it's something that can help you get on the field faster, and you can, as a league, say the NFL or whatever regulate it, and then you've got RG3 back in six months, mm-hmm. instead of a year, who loses? Nobody. As long as everybody can do that. It's medicine. I mean, this is, there's nothing, there's no special drugs that they're taking, you know, it's just, it's science, I think. It's evolution, yeah. It's not, I mean, I, I would draw the line is, where I would draw the line is if they're asking these players, well, be sure to bring a fetus with you when you come, because we need some of those cells. <laughs> That see that's what I, that's where you draw the line. Yeah, but it's not like stomach turns. there's not there's not anything like that going on. So. I don't think no. We hope Kobe Bryant not found Kobe was at LAX with any no feed eye. He didn't have a fetus shaped bag with him. No, no, none of that going on. No, as far as I so know. I mean, what's the problem? I, I feel like that would be hot hot button stuff. If you're gonna if you're gonna have like you know skin, it's like a skin graft almost. If you think about it, take skin from one place, put it out in a troubled area. Take blood from one place, spin it around, yeah. shoot it. I mean, if it helps, who cares? And is why are we all, we're always in the denial yeah. and then punish afterwards stage of uh, uh, in sports in general that's an illegal hit or he was using drugs for 3 years now you're in big trouble mister it's like why don't we regulate it so the le- playing field is actually level we can actually trust the results that we're getting on the field and actually feel like the level of competition is flat i bet you a rod Takes fetuses. He's going to sue the NFL. He's got fetuses all over the place. Oh, my God. Where are the fetuses buried? Uh, we're going to talk about some weird stuff. Let's now okay. for something completely different kind of approach. Okay. Uh, there's been. Have you heard about this back and forth between Miley Cyrus and Sinead O'Connor? Back in the news after 30-whatever years? Only through you have I heard about it, but I think this is probably what everyone listening was waiting for. They, this is the only reason people listen, I think, Yeah. Is the Miley Cyrus. It's just 55 minutes of sports minutiae and then Miley Cyrus. And then Miley. It's Miley! Yeah. Um, so anyways, I guess Sinead O'Connor's been writing Miley Cyrus what are referred to as open letters. I think that just means anyone can read them, or she... I don't know. Yeah, what, is she sending it through the LA Times? Or? <laughs> I don't know. I is maybe. It, this is the type of thing that you send like Obama. I guess. But I, she's been urging... Uh, the young pop star, uh, that her overly sexual image might be her demise. Is anyone sexually attracted to Miley Cyrus? I don't know. I'm going to say I'm not. Well, not right now. Eight, nine beers down the road. Maybe. I'll just say this. She's already... <clears throat> she, like, she skipped the super famous and popular stage yeah. that Britney Spears had. Mm-hmm. The era of goodwill, the honeymoon period. She went straight to slut. She went straight to super famous and totally off the rails, drugs out of control. Yeah. Which is, let's just accelerate the timeline. She'll be in rehab by the time she's like 22. I, I, I'm fairly convinced that she'll have done an adult film sometime in the next five to eight years. Can I say it's probably already been done? You and think it's so? It's just waiting to be released. Oh, Timing is everything. Anyways... Uh, so Miley gets back at Sinead by blasting the Irish singer-songwriter's mental illness on Twitter, adding fuel to the fire. So Sinead slamming Miley back for her acts, calling her an anti-female and effing stupid. And yeah. here we are now. Nothing says anti-female if you're also effing stupid. Yeah. I mean, what kind of female are you? So <laughs> Sinead O'Connor just keeps writing these open letters. Apparently she's got a lot of time in her hands these days. Uh, big shocker there. Um, what was Sinead popular for? Who's a singer? Yeah, but I mean... She what? tore up a picture of the Pope on uh, television, I think, right? And now she's got a Jesus tattoo? Yeah, like right on her 
right in this area. What would you call this? Your sternum. Breastplate? Yeah, she stole my idea. Yeah, that's what you were going for? <laughs> yeah, well, now I can't. Thanks a lot, Sinead. Well, go I'm going to write an open letter to you. Yeah. Just stealing my tad ideas. You and Sinead have a similar amount of free time, I'm guessing. Yeah, similar thought process, I'm also <laughs> guessing. Uh, she's got shorter hair, though. Yeah. Much shorter. She's probably more muscular. Mm. She looks like she's slowly, gravity's slowly pulling her down to the to the grave. So, I don't know. What are your overall thoughts on... on can Miley turn it around? I, I don't know. I don't. Who knows what she's doing? I'm not an expert on, like how these things work and what what you should do to get more publicity but i did think her her tweet back to Sinead on twitter was kind of funny Sinead, period <laughs> that's already <laughs> we, funny. we liked that i don't have time to write you an open letter because i'm hosting and performing on snl this week so if you'd like to meet up and talk let me know in your next letter smiley face can I say something I didn't think I anticipated saying? Yeah. I agree with Miley. Yeah, I do too. I, Leave Miley alone. Quit writing open. Send a text. The only reason you have to send an open letter is because the only person in Hollywood's phone number that you have is Burt Reynolds. Yeah. He's it. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Burt Reynolds sleeps in the coffin these days. Or in the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think Sinead O'Connor, it's like, that's kind of the pot calling the kettle black if you ask me because like. She was being edgy in her time, and now she's blasting someone else for being edgy in their time. I don't know. I think she's just fallen out of the public eye and probably wants some attention. I think we see the sad, sad psyche of what Miley Cyrus will be in yeah. 50 years. They kind of look alike, right? It's a juxtaposition. Yeah, looking at their side? pictures next to each other, it's a lot of desperation. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I, who knows? I haven't seen any adult films with Sinead in them, but I also haven't looked for them, because who would do that to themselves? Yeah, I don't know. Not... Definitely Eric. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's just not fair. Anyways, I don't know. I'm totally twerked out. That's I, all I've got. I'm so twerked my spine hurts. Do you hurt your spine twerking? I guess. Yeah. Or your organs or something. Something's got to hurt. Do you trust chiropractors? I'm not sure. No offense against chiropractors. I just don't. Is that pseudoscience or is that real? Alicia goes, yeah. uh, my partner in crime, she goes and raves about it or has gone. Right now we're a little on the... Uh, Inside of the yeah. finance pool, but yeah, below, kind of, below the fold well, right it's, now. It's kind of a luxury, I feel like. Yeah. You don't just go out and be like, oh, I'll just go blow 500 bucks at the chiropractor. It's going to get adjusted. Yeah. But I guess it works. Like I don't know. To the effect of like having a nice smoothie and some exercise in the morning, or is it really going to... I guess it really makes you feel better, okay. I've heard. I'm sure if I went in there, they'd tell me my spine is going to be destroyed. Yeah, it's never going to be able to be fixed, but... Uh, I just avoid news like that if I can. Okay. Chiropractors, Sinead O'Connor, Miley Cyrus, football, baseball, Kobe Bryant in Germany, John Beeson on the Giants. Fetuses. Fetuses. Fetuses everywhere. Josh Freeman in purgatory. Yeah. We covered it all. Yeah. We literally reached like the end of the internet. It was like a bumpy wagon ride. It was like the Oregon Trail. We lost some things while we were fording the river, but hopefully we gathered everything (laughs) back into the tent. And you had an enjoyable time on the Day in Sports podcast. Nobody got cholera. No. Eric has dysentery. He'll be fine. Um, he actually doesn't. He doesn't have anything like that. Um, <laughs> Adam Hawking, Ben Sherman. We'll see you later. Day in Sports podcast. 